great moments are born from great opportunity. You shouldn't have any doubt in your mind about what you're supposed to do tonight and about how you're supposed to do it. This is your time. It's time for the OSAA Today podcast with your host, Billy Gates. Hey everybody, welcome to another edition of the OSAA Today podcast. I'm your host, Billy Gates, and before we get going in earnest here, let me get the promos and plugs out of the way. You can find this podcast online at ripcityradio.com slash OSAA Today, and it's also found on the OSAA's website, osaa.org slash today. And you can also find it on your mobile device in the Google Play or App Store, Search for iHeartRadio app, and you should be able to download that and pick it up and listen to this podcast. Can't thank the iHeart folks enough for helping us distribute this podcast. Without you, we couldn't do it. So thanks a lot, iHeart. Really appreciate it. Now, typically, we start the show with football, which we're still going to do today, but I'm going to take a little bit of a different direction. Typically, I highlight a piece from OSAA Today, something that Jerry Ulmer maybe wrote or one of the contributors or John Tawa. Uh, which are great, and you should go check all of those out, osaa.org slash today, to get to the OSAA Today front page. But a good friend of mine and a great writer, Bob Lundeberg, he does a lot of freelancing for the Oregonian and OregonLive.com. You probably recognize his name from the Corvallis Gazette Times, which is where he previously worked. But he wrote a tremendous story about the LeGrand Tigers over in eastern Oregon, And obviously, down here in the Lambert Valley, we don't hear a ton about the teams east of the Cascades. So it's always a nice treat when somebody takes the time to focus on uh, teams out there because uh, we just don't know. People down here are essentially clueless unless they go out looking uh, for information on those teams east of the Cascades. And when it gets to that point where we're in the playoffs, LeGrand is going to be a team to be reckoned with in Class 4A. They moved to 5-0 with a 34-21 win over Baker, their big rival there at Eastern Oregon League play. And they're going to have to play Baker twice in their league season. We'll get that. We'll get to that in a second. But at the rate things are going, with reigning champion Banks, they're still winning. I would love to see a Banks-Legrand state championship game. I know, I know. We're still a few weeks away from from that. So I'm kind of not trying to put the cart before the horse, but I'm just saying I would love to see Banks and LeGrand play in the state championship. Hopefully, the OSAA rankings play out where they get on other sides of the bracket. So we have that chance. I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm saying I hope it does because I'd like to see them play. Obviously, Mazama, Marist, Gladstone, those schools are going to have something to do with getting in the state title games themselves. But at the rate things are going, it would be great to see a Banks-LeGrand state title game. Because I know those schools, very, very big tradition when it comes to 4A sports. And I think it would just set up kind of that classic East-West battle where we could get a very, very good football game. Now, back to Bob's piece. He brings up a point that, of course, now in this digital generation, social media generation, 
is becoming more and more involved in athletics at the high school level and also the college level too, but mostly the high school level. Apparently there is some trash talk back and forth between Baker and LeGrand over social media leading up to this game, which was played last week. And LeGrand quarterback Parker Robinson, who rushed for three touchdowns, by the way, in the win over Baker. In the interview with Bob, Parker simply said, quote, I'm glad that we came out and played like we did, and we did it with good sportsmanship. That's how you should answer any sort of social media question. I mean, you can talk all this trash all you want. I mean, you probably shouldn't because stuff like this happens. You just end up motivating a team, and then they come out, and and they beat you pretty good, uh, like what LeGrand did to Baker. But as an athlete, you have to block out all of that outside stuff. All you need to focus on is what your team is doing and how you're preparing to go out and win a football game or a basketball game or really any sort of athletic contest. You have to focus on yourself and you control the controllables. That's a big thing that uh, we preach with our Lincoln baseball team, which, full disclosure, I am an assistant coach of the baseball team. So when we get to springtime, just keep that in the back of your mind. But we have to focus on ourselves and our effort. Simple as that. That's what Parker Robinson, the LeGrand quarterback, is talking about. They're focused on themselves. They were glad they came out the way they played. And they did it the right way. That's that's music to my ears. That should be a message blasted all over the state to every athlete, not even just the state, to every athlete ever. Do what you can do to prepare yourself and your team, and hopefully everything else falls falls in line. Got about four weeks left of the regular season uh, for games to count toward the OSAA rankings. Currently, LeGrand is number one. Banks is number two. I really hope that stays the same, although Banks could could go up to one. LeGrand could fall to two. I wouldn't care. As long as they're on other sides of the bracket, that's fine with me. Now, looking ahead at LeGrand's schedule, they might actually drop even if they win the rest of their games. The next two games they have against Ontario, who's winless, and then Cottage Grove, who is also winless, and then they play Baker again uh, for their third league game. And that, assuming there's a win there, maybe that's the win that pops them back up to the top or at least to one of the top two spots if they happen to fall uh, by playing teams Ontario and Cottage Grove that are combined 0-9 right now. So, I mean, who knows? There's a whole lot of math still left to be out there with the OSAA uh, rankings. We'll know when we know, which is going to be as soon as the last games are entered into the system and the rankings are frozen and then the seedings come out. That's when we'll truly know. So it'll be about a month or so uh, before... You know, all that shakes out, but that's, that, that doesn't mean we still can't wish for stuff. And I hope that it's a Banks-Legrand uh, game for all the marbles here at the end of the season. I think that would be tremendous. Go to OregonLive.com slash high school sports. Read Bob's piece. It is headlined. Small place, 
Small town. Big dreams. Top-ranked Tigers look to make history by bringing 4A title to LeGrand. Go check that out. It's a tremendous piece. Bob's a great writer. Good friend. He mentions that the past five Class 4A football champions were products of Western Oregon, the last team to win it from the east side of the mountains, which really isn't an Eastern Oregon team, was uh, Ridgeview from Redmond. So if you're looking at true East or Eastern Oregon teams, uh, it's it's been a while since one has captured the Class 4A championship. We'll be back with more football and other fall sports here on the OSAA Today podcast after this. And welcome back to the OSAA Today podcast. I'm your host, Billy Gates, and I said we'd get to some more football. And I'm not going to lie to you because we're going to get to some more football here. We're also going to uh, get to the other fall sports as well. But what I wanted to get to was Jerry Ulmer's Week 5 Notebook on OSAA Today. You can find that OSAA.org slash today. And it's headlined, Yamil Carlton rises in 3A, Westland quarterback Coleman in a zone, West Albany's Stingy D, Hidden Valley smacks Cascade Christian. I'm going to talk about this Yamhill Carlton piece for a second. That's what Jerry leads with here. And it's a great thing that the OSAA finally started doing. Uh, if a football program hasn't been competitive at their assigned division, their assigned classification, they were allowed to move down in order to become more competitive. Well, Yamhill Carlton's doing that. And they dropped from 4A to 5, uh, excuse me, 4A to 3A. And they did that last year. They were 5-4. and four. They missed the playoffs. If you remember, it was over some sort of weird scheduling issues. It, was, it wasn't scheduling. It was a forfeit issue that a team entered incorrectly into their uh, rankings formula, which put Yamhill Carlton outside of the qualifying area in the rankings when they should have been inside. But anyway, they were 5-4. and four. They were a playoff team last year. And now... They're undefeated. They're 5-0 and right now, uh, number eight in the OSAA Today 3A coaches poll. And now Yamil Carlton is just playing more, more similarly populated schools. They were at the very low end of the 4A classification uh, ADM spectrum, and they had to play schools that were maybe you know, twice or two and a half times uh, their size. And so they're at a disadvantage just immediately. But now that they're playing 3A, they're playing schools that are more similar to them population-wise, maybe demographic-wise as well. And it's turned into their 5-0, and and they're looking at uh, a deep playoff run. And Coach Brendan Mossholder said he had high hopes for the 2017 season, but it was undone by, quote, a lot of bad things happening at once, including their quarterback suffering a broken foot in a wakeboarding accident, and he missed the entire season. Ouch. That's that is bad luck for sure. But now he's got his guys focused, ready to go. And this shouldn't be a season where they're left out of the playoffs because of some weird data entry thing uh, like they were last year. They just beat Madras 27 to 7. And they feel really good about where they're at. Moss Holder said, I knew we were going to be good. But I didn't know we'd be this good, especially on defense. So if they keep that defense up, then we should see the Yamhill Carlton Tigers uh, in the 3A playoffs. And that's just another 
another great story uh, from those rules that the OSAA implemented where teams can move down a classification uh, to become more competitive. So great for YC, great for the rule that allowed them to do that. And moving on to uh, Jerry's second entry here. It's on Westland. Chris Miller, it's his last season coaching the, the Westland Lions because he is going to be the offensive coordinator for the Houston Roughnecks of the XFL, the uh, newest iteration of the XFL starting in 2020. However, apparently his quarterback is uh, really good at calling plays, so maybe Miller, jokingly, he said that uh, maybe he could take off a little early. Uh, but his quarterback, Ethan Coleman, having a sensational season, Ulmer writes here, uh, his completion percentage is over 70%. He's got almost 1,700 passing yards, 22 touchdowns against two interceptions, and Wes Lynn is just five games in. Always a threat to go deep in the playoffs. They'll be looking at Wes Lynn here coming up in the coming weeks to uh, see if see if they can make some noise in the playoffs for Miller's last season. You can find the rest of the story osaa.org slash today along with all sorts of other features on football, soccer, volleyball, cross country, general news. Head over to OSAA today. Check it all out. And now we're shifting gears here. Going to move on to some boys soccer. New coaches polls are out. And let's have a look. Class 6A coaches poll for boys soccer. Jesuit number one. Cleveland number two. Summit and Tiger tied for third. Centennial at 5, Reynolds at 6, so is Grant. Both those schools are tied for 6th. Forest Grove at 8, Liberty at 9, Clackamas at 10, Lincoln and Sunset receiving votes there. Jesuit beat Grant 1-0 earlier in the season to pick up that big win. Class 5A, LaSalle Prep number 1, Hillsboro 2, Corvallis and Ashland tied for 3rd. Hood River Valley 5, Eagle Point 6, Wilsonville 7, South Albany 8, Silverton 9, and West Albany at 10. Churchill picking up votes there as well. Class 4A, boys soccer coaches poll. Staten, number one. Woodburn, number two. Valley Catholic, number three. Phoenix, number four. Maris Catholic, five. North Valley, six. Hidden Valley, seven. Malala, eight. LeGrand, nine. And Ontario, eight, 10th. North Marion and Seaside each receiving votes there. Going to the small schools, 3A, 2A, 1A boys soccer. Number one, Catlin Gable. Number two, OES. Number three, Brookings Harbor. Number four, De La Salle North Catholic. Number five, St. Mary's of Medford. Number six, Riverdale. Number seven, Taft. Number eight, Riverside. Number nine, Dayton. And number 10, the co-op of Umpqua Valley Christian and Melrose Christian. So there are your top 10 polls for boys soccer as voted on by the state's coaches. The girls soccer polls are going to come out on Tuesday, October 8th. I'm recording this on October 7th, so obviously I don't have them for this recording of the podcast, but in order to view them, and please do, go to osaatoday.org slash today, and they should be at the top of the page. So we'll end segment two here and come back with volleyball and cross country to finish out the show. So this is the OSAA Today podcast, and we'll be back after this. Welcome back to the OSAA Today podcast. I'm your host, Billy Gates, and let's get right to it. Girls cross country, the Summit Storm are the reigning national champions. And 
they're coming back for more. It's going to take them a little while because of injuries, as Doug Bender writes for OSAA Today. Tremendous track writer Doug is. He's been doing it for a long time, and he's currently the editor of Diestat, but he also does some freelancing for us. So that, thanks, Doug. Really appreciate it, man. But three of the top five runners on last year's national title team came into the season with injuries. Aza Borovica Swanson, Izzy Max, and Kelsey Greipkoven were all injured. And uh, Coach Jim McClatchy is bringing them back slowly, carefully, in a very deliberate manner, kind of like how Major League Baseball teams bring back uh, players through rehab assignments. Well, McClatchy has them all racing in JV races to prove to him that they're ready to go. Now, all of those runners have won the one JV race that they were entered in um, in order to kind of reestablish their spot on the varsity team uh, and to show Coach McClatchy that, hey, we're ready to go. Let's do this thing. So they're looking to win the Nike Cross Nationals like they did last December. And that team is just so dang deep that at least on the high school circuit, they haven't really lost anything. So it's kind of frightening that they're very, very good now, but they could get quite a bit better with the return of their top runners. So it'll be a, it'll be an uphill climb for anybody uh, chasing Summit uh, for that team championship. And maybe they you know repeat again at the Nike Cross Nationals and claim a second uh, consecutive national title. That'd be pretty cool. For uh, not only just for Summit and for the program, but for the state of Oregon to have the number one girls cross-country team in the nation. Pretty cool. And while we're on the subject, let's go over the performance list for girls cross-country here in Oregon. Regardless of classification, these are the top five best times in the state so far. Top of the list, no surprise, Summit senior Fiona Max. Her time of 17.14.3 at the Northwest Classic on September 14th remains the best time by over 30 seconds. Uh, Lincoln freshman Kate Peters, number two on the list, 17.48.8. Summit sophomore Tegan Knox is at the three spot, 17.50.7. And Jesuit sophomore Chloe Forster, 17.51.3 for fourth. And rounding out the top five, South Eugene senior Madison Elmore, who has a time of 1756.5. Moving over to the boys' side, number one, Evan Holland of Ashland. He's still the only runner to crack the 15-minute barrier this season. His best time is a 1457.6. In the number two spot, Park Rose senior Ahmed Ibrahim. His time of 15.05 was recorded at the Merriweather Cross-Country Classic on September 20th. Number three on the list, Forest Grove senior Quincy Norman of 1506.3. His time was also at the Merriweather Cross-Country Classic. Number four on the list, Franklin Jr. Charlie Robertson, 1506.4, so just a tenth of a second behind Norman. And rounding out the top five is Ashland Jr. Reed Pryor. He is a time of 1514. Going back to Ibrahim, Doug Bender wrote a feature on him as well, and it's a pretty interesting story. Uh, Ahmed is the youngest of three brothers, Bender writes, and when they would race, Park Rose cross-country coach Steve Sexton 
uh, would notice that uh, they would finish in order of age. So older brother Hassan, junior Abdi, and then the sophomore Ahmed, uh, they would finish in that order uh, when they first came up to Parkrose after being uh, at Class 2A Jefferson when Steve started coaching them there at Parkrose. And uh, <laughs> Sexton said, uh, quote, I had to break those guys up a bit. They are very close, but they had established a pecking order. Well, there's no pecking order anymore. Uh, two years later, uh, obviously Hassan and Abdi have graduated, and Ahmed is doing his thing uh, for the Broncos. He's got to catch Evan Holland of Ashland, but that could be a tremendous race when it comes to the state championship. I I would love to see Ibrahim and Holland uh, go at it for a state title down at Lane Community College. Uh, but it's a tremendous story. Obviously, you know, we've talked about Doug a lot. He's a great writer, great storyteller. Go check it out. OSAAToday.org slash today. It is headlined cross country. Park Rose's Ibrahim poised for big things. And now we'll shift gears for the final time and move over to volleyball. And we're not quite to the home stretch, but we're getting pretty darn close. The OSAA rankings will freeze for all the classifications here within the next three weeks or so. And so with the coaches poll not coming out until after this is recorded, I'm just going to go ahead and take you through the OSAA rankings for each classification. I'll bring you the uh, top five for each classification, starting in 6A. Jesuit number one, Sunset number two, Mountainside number three, Sheldon number four, and Central Catholic number five. So the top three teams in the OSAA rankings are from the same conference. Jesuit, Sunset, Mountainside, all in the Metro League. In Class 5A, West Albany is number one, Ridgeview two, Wilsonville three, North Eugene four, and Crook County number five. Class 4A, OSAA Volleyball Rankings, Valley Catholic number one, Sweet Home number two, Hidden Valley three, Sisters four, and Junction City rounds out the top five. Class 3A, Sanium Christian are number one, Crestwell number two, South Umpqua three, Catlin Gable four, and Salem Academy Number five, moving on to class 2A here. Kennedy, number one. Central Lynn, two. Union, three. Portland Christian, the defending champs at fourth. And Monroe rounds out the top five there. Class 1A, Powder Valley, number one. Days Creek, number two. Damascus Christian, three. St. Paul at four. And Perrydale at five. Now that rounds out the volleyball OSAA rankings, at least the top five for each classification. You can see the entire rankings at the OSAA Website, osaa.org, slash activity, slash VBL, slash rankings. But you can get to them at the link on the front page as well. Well, that's going to do it for this edition of the OSAA Today podcast. And again, you can find this on the iHeartRadio app on your mobile device or online at ripcityradio.com, slash OSAA Today, and on the OSAA site at osaa.org and on OSAA Today at osaa.org slash today. I know all of that might have sounded a little confusing, so just go to osaa.org. You can find everything there and whatever you need to keep track of your favorite team and how they're doing for the rest of the season. 
So thanks for listening. This has been the OSAA Today podcast. I'm your host, Billy Gates, and we'll talk to you again soon. Mm-hmm.